Welcome to Camera Ready and Able, the podcast that explores the intersection of media change and personal growth. I'm your host, Barbara Barna Able, and my calling is to help you tap into your superpowers to thrive on camera and in life and to make an impact on the world. This episode is brought to you by the phrase decoding success. Oxford languages very succinctly define success as the accomplishment of an aim or purpose. As with most episodes of Camera Ready and Able, if it was that easy to succeed or be successful, everyone would be doing it already. My guest for this episode, Matt Labrie, has many thoughts on the subject and is the host of the top 1% globally rated podcast, Decoding Success. Matt is a born and raised New Yorker who has the hustler spirit. He's a Forbes 30 under 30 nominee, and his mission is to positively impact one life every day. I say cheers to that, Matt. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Barb. First and foremost, I just want to let you know how good and how well-spoken you are. I, I'm sitting here in awe. I, I, wish I, I wish I could listen to this every day. Um, obviously, I can with the podcast, but I want to say thank you so much for the opportunity. I'm excited to be here with you. Wow, I'm so thrilled that um, we connected. And well, I'm always thrilled that you said yes. So thank you, thank you, thank you, because you are in the globally rated top 1%, which is an impressive achievement. And um, so yes, thanks for being here. So I want to start off by noting something that you write on your website is that you have a master's degree in failing, but a PhD Mm. in getting back up after getting knocked down. So let's dive right in. Explain what that means to you. You gave me the chills right away because sometimes I don't even remember what's on my website. So <laughs> you're bringing, bringing me back to that. But yeah, I mean, we all have polarities in our lives, right? Mm-hmm. And that goes to show we're alive, whether it be, you know, working mm-hmm. with Damon John of Shark Tank or interviewing Mel Robbins or this one or that one. And on the flip side, I've gotten kicked out of two high schools, failed out of college, blew $80,000 in life savings due to investing in my ego, uh, getting arrested, right? Like there's so many polarities of life, but at the end of the day, I'm still here. I'm still chugging. And I think everyone can resonate with that because we're all going to face hardships in our life. It's absolutely inevitable, but when we embrace them, that's where the beauty is. In fact, there's actually an equation that I'll share with you on this, at, at this moment that really shifted the way that I view these events in life. And I think the second part of the equation, by the way, I suck at math. So this has nothing to do with <laughs> math. Uh, outside of adding a couple of things here, there's no numbers involved, I promise. But it's events plus perspective equals the outcome. Oh, right? say that one more time. Wait, wait, I, I'm putting that on a tote bag. Events plus perspective equals outcome. It's what does that mean? I I didn't come up with this, by the way. It's from a gentleman named John Gordon, and he even says he didn't come up with it, but he's the person I heard it from. So that's who I give the credit to. And we can't control every event that takes place in our life, although we might try to. I'm one of them. Oh, I'm a car carrying control enthusiast. (laughs) You know, it's it's honestly impossible to do that. Although we can have control of a lot of things, we can't control everything. But what we can control is our perspective and our perspective combined with that event is what's truly going to determine how we look at it. So when I started to realize that, I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I've gotten knocked down. I've gotten knocked down a whole bunch of times. In fact, 2022 was a year I was just down and out. But 2023, I'm back up on the horse and I'm ready to go. So that to me is exactly what having the PhD and getting back up means. You know, it's interesting. I recently had... Um, the the failure guy, Ben Courier, my friend on the podcast, and he says, 
from his own failures, he's stunned and amazed at how much failure we can endure as humans and yet still Mm. succeed, which I love, which then circles back. So I actually want to get into your backstory because you're really great at talking about this and here you are and you've accomplished so much, but I was really struck by how much you had to work through at a young age. So Mm. one, we know that working through that builds resilience and you have persistence and these are really wonderful things. But again, if it was easy, everyone could do it. These are, this is hard. And you, you know, you're the child of divorce that impacts people for life. You watched your mom battle cancer. You did get kicked out of high school twice. You struggled (laughs) to get into high school, which if you don't live in New York, it's impossible to understand that how applying to high school in New York, whether it's public or private, including public is like applying to college. And it's a big emotional thing. And you're 13, 14 years old and having your whole sense of self put on the line and someone saying, yay, you're awesome. You can come here. And the other saying, nah, we don't want you. So that's a lot. Like, so it's one thing now, cause you have perspective, but I want to hear what was it like, like, you know, how long, what got you up all the time when you keep going, when you're in high school, that's hard. Absolutely. But I'm going to be quite frank. I was so numb to all of that. Mm. Like I was so freaking numb to absolutely everything mentioned. And I don't know why it took so long for it to come to the surface, but it eventually came to the surface in what I would call 2020, June of 2020 is when I feel like all of that. Now, you know, those are traumatic experiences to an extent, whether they're big T or little T that's, you know, for yeah, the individuals. Exactly. A hundred percent. And it took some time for that to come to the surface. I honestly don't know what kept me going at such a young age. It was just like, all right, you know, that happened. I'm going to keep moving forward. I just got arrested. I'm going to show up to school the next day. I lost my dream of playing professional baseball. When I tore my labor, I'm just going to keep going. I'm going to find something else to do. You know, it was just, constantly going around. And I think one thing that I didn't do. So if I could go back in time, what I would do Mm -hmm. it. And I mean, I didn't know this at the time either, but I would go back and grieve. And Mm. it's not to say that I didn't grieve and I could still do a better job at that. But if I did have a time machine, I would actually stop moving at the pace that I moved at that time in my life. And I would go back and I would grieve each and every one of those losses because that's what it did feel like. Mm-hmm. It felt like a loss. And ultimately it made me who I am today, right? Obviously it builds resilience. It builds different character, you know, characteristics of who I am, but grief, right? I, I would go back and grieve without a doubt. Mm. Can I ask a personal question then? Are you still Please healing do. from this? Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred, a hundred percent. In fact, Yeah, it's a process, right? I mean, I, what I've noticed, I put myself in therapy in June of 2020, and that has been the biggest blessing of my life. Mm -hmm. Uh, At the time I was, let's call it, I don't know, 27 ish. So that's 27 years of carrying around that baggage. And it got to a point where the bag got pretty damn heavy. And I'm like, you know what? I'm putting this down and I'm going to put it on someone's desk and we're going to sort through all this crap. You know what I'm saying? So that was the game changer. And I realized the more and more I peel back the layers to, because I, I like to say uncover ourselves versus discover ourselves. And mm-hmm. the reason I say that is because I've been peeling back the layers, peeling back the layers, peeling back the layers and getting deeper and deeper. And I realized this work doesn't really ever end. Um, but to your point, yes, there, there there is healing that's still going on. 
And it's not easy to accept that at times because I wish, you know, and I'm sure we could all attest to this. I wish I was in a different place, but I am embracing where I am right now in this season and uh, trying to make the most of it because I'm learning a, a shit ton. Wow. God bless. Yeah. It's sometimes it's a daily challenge to embrace the idea that you're exactly where you're meant to be Mm. right now, um, which is a tenet of coaching. So how do you, how do you, I want to ask you a question. How do you, uh, do you experience that? And if you don't mind me asking this question, like, do you experience that? And what's your advice to work around it? I'm always curious to hear what people say, because yes, I understand that where we are, like you and I right now are exactly where we need to be. Otherwise we would be in a different spot. We would be in different places. We wouldn't be on this call right here, right now. But how do you buy into that belief? That's an excellent question. One, and I really do believe I'm, I'm meant to be here talking to you and I'm like, you know, taking notes on the, you know, the, the lessons to learn in any given moment. So it is a really big challenge to get to the thing. It's like, I'm where I am, which is not necessarily where I want to be. So the oversimplified thing is on any given moment to ask myself, what are the lessons here? Mm. And I love what you're saying about, you know, events plus perspective. So sometimes it's having to, um, with a lot of mindfulness, be able to detach emotionally and look at what's going on, identify. So I do a lot of meditation to go, okay, what am I feeling? What am I thinking? Is this real? What's another way of looking at this? Really helpful. Like, is this true? Mm. What, you know, working through all sorts of exercises when you're, when you're really deep in it, does that answer your question? It does. It does. (laughs) I mean, it's, like I said, it's definitely something that I think about rather often because mm-hmm. we, we, I mean, we're hustlers, right? We, we have these desires, especially, you know, living in New York, it's a very hustle and bustle town. And it's like, you know what? I, I want to be at this point in my life. Well, why am, why am I not there? And why am I here? Mm. You know? oh, okay. So now to actually get a direct thing is there's an incredible woman named Cammie Crawford, who I love and adore and had on my podcast. And she's, um, the co-host of Catfish on MTV, and she's got another show on Paramount Plus. And I've known her since she was in college. And there's one thing she taught me. She talked about on the podcast. It, it only in hindsight did she realize she wasn't ready. That, that's the answer. The answer right? is that and, you're not ready for that. A hundred percent. Right. And so, so that's a practical answer. And then I gave you the philosophical answers, like when we, you know, on a Zen level, a woo-woo level, a therapy level, asking ourselves, what's the lessons? What do I need to learn here? You know, I might have skills, but do I have the emotional bandwidth to handle what's what's happening? Um, Stephen Pressfield's a writer I adore that you might enjoy. And he writes a lot, he liked he writes a lot about the process of writing, but it's applicable to everything. And he writes so much about resistance so that mm-hmm. you can look into yourself and go, how, how and why am I resisting something? Which is another part of the letting go conversation. Absolutely, it is. So Absolutely. yeah. So a lot of times it's just like we're not ready for that thing that we we know we want. And a lot of times we don't have to be hundred percent ready, but we have to really think about and then break down those components. And then yeah. it's actually very relevant to the people who listen to the podcast who are many like creators and people in TV because you want it and you're hustling and you've got great skills and you're putting stuff out there. But if you're not where you want to be yet, stop and go. The one thing you have to learn is to be grateful for this time. Mm. Because, and Rob Shooter on my podcast taught me that. I don't know if you know him, but Rob Shooter has a top 10, you know, global podcast and he's amazing. And he, he launched his podcast as a well-known person and the first Mm. year crickets. So it was very humbling. 
Like when I launched my podcast and it's crickets, it didn't matter. Like, you know, the risk was way low for him. It was humbling. And he said, he's so grateful in hindsight because right around the year it exploded that that first year gave him so much space to make mistakes. He's like, if nobody's yeah. listening, this is really good. Like, <laughs> I can practice. I can take some risks here. And so again, that's another way, the notion of going back to what you said about perspective. It's like, well, what can I do with this time? Absolutely. Yeah. I think I very much so align with, you know, if you're not where you want to be, it's because you're not ready. And one thing that I try to do, although I could be better at it, right? I, I don't come here perfect. I come here a student. And one thing that I try to do my best at is have deliberate intention in regards to acting as if I was that person already. So it's almost like I try to reverse engineer it. I think that one thing that that personally I've seen get misinterpreted is people thinking that means fake it till you make it, but it's it, that's not what it means. And uh, like I said, every day I try to show up and have deliberate intention to act as if I was the person that, you know, would be at a certain place. So for example, it it's in all areas of life. I'm talking about what am I putting in my body? Am I fueling myself with nourishing foods? Because the person I want to be looks a certain way. Am I, you know, having meaningless conversations or meaningful conversations? Am I scrolling on the phone all day or am I focused? And I'm obviously in moderation, nothing's the worst thing for you, but, you know, deliberate intention to, to reverse engineer that process has been a really big key in regards to like pulling myself closer to where I want to be. But, you know, I'm a human being. I, I there's days I mess up. Uh, I had pizza yesterday. I had pizza the day before that, you know, so. Okay. We're in New York. I know. I know. I'm only messing <laughs> around, but yeah, that's, that's what it is for me. Deliberate intention. There's some people would say pizza is a complete food. I would argue that too, potentially, depending on what's on it, but I depending have depending on place. the toppings. De um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. But getting real, because now we've actually beautifully segued into the topic and the you know title of this episode, because now you just got into not just the what, but the how of decoding success. Mm. So you just identified a blueprint for anyone listening that it's like, okay, if you've identified where you want to go, this is my goalpost that you just said, stop and literally break down. What does the person who is at that place, who's achieved that, who's living that, creating that thing, working that job, living that life, what does their day look like? How do they sure. nourish themselves? What do they eat? How, how do they, you know, where, I don't know, where does faith come into their life? How do they meditate? That's an amazing, amazing thing to do because so often we only look at the outward side. Like I meant like, we'll look at a bank account. Mm. We'll look at the house somebody lives in, the car they drive, whatever kind of plane they get to fly around in, the clothes they wear. But we don't look at like, what is the day like? And also how do they handle things emotionally? And so how yeah. did you figure out it was time to decode success? And when did you put a name on it? In regards to the podcast, it's funny because I, at the time I was working with Damon John, that was my first job out of college. And I had an intern at the time, his, his name is also Matt. And he became a coworker. And while he was an intern, he did not stop bugging me to start my own podcast. He was like, dude, like start a podcast, start a podcast, start a podcast. And I'm like, do you not see me here 
five days a week, sometimes six. Like when the hell do I have time to start a podcast? Like I just don't. I'm working on Damon's podcast, Damon's books, Damon's content, Damon's this. Like I don't have time to do a podcast for me. And in 2018, I was preparing to leave my job, which I will admit I did prematurely. And I was like, you know what? I have nothing planned. All I had planned was a speaking engagement in Jackson, Mississippi, a Tony Robbins event in New Jersey. And I was like, what am I going to do after that? And I'm like, I'm going to start a podcast. So December 4th of 2018, we launched Decoding Success. And openly, I admit, the show sucked at first. You know, <laughs> I think we could all we could all say that about what we're putting out into the world. And I laugh at it now when I look back and I listen to the first episode or the second or maybe even like the 10th. And I'm like, man, I wish I could delete these. But <laughs> uh, at the end of the day, the premise of the show at first was to really break the societal definition of success for our community, to show them Merriam-Webster's dictionary doesn't need to define success for you. They're defining it for their book. Like, how do you personally define it? So we were bringing on guests and actually asking them, like, what does success mean to you? How did you get to this point? What did it previously mean? What did the time in between that look? And really getting a full-on understanding. And now we're at a point where things have shifted even further. It's, in fact, it's a lot deeper we go into like the psychology and the behavior behind it. And by no means am I uh, educationally credible on the topic of psychology, but from life experience, we're able to have some pretty deep conversations in regards to success and uh, uncovering what it means for people. So we've, we've had a lot of fun with it. And I mean, I've learned so much, so, so much that I'm grateful for it. But why did you choose the title? I'm going to answer that with a question. Have you ever experienced something where it just happened, right? Like it just like popped in your head or, you know, it was, I'll give you an example. In 2020, I was dating a girl. I woke up like that snap of a finger. I kind of just like jolted out of bed. And at that moment, it was about 6 a.m. I looked at my phone and all I heard was a voice saying, she's not the one, right? And she turned out not to be the one. Same thing with this podcast. I didn't necessarily jolt out of bed at 6 a.m. and it was like decoding success, but I was coming up with, you know, I was trying to come up with a name and I don't know where those two words came from, but they just happened to come together. So I'm curious, have you ever experienced anything like that? Many times. Many times, right? I don't know what that is. Intuition. I don't know. Just being guided, uh, mm -hmm. divine power. Yeah, whatever it is. But yeah, that. That's how it was. That's what happened. So you were guided. It spoke to you. So now how do you define success? How, and this is a good question. The part two-parter. I apologize for stacking a question. One, how <laughs> did you define success and how do you define success now? Yeah. In the beginning of the show, I had mentioned I invested about $80,000 into my ego. Um, bad investment, right? Bad investment. So I'm very fortunate. Uh, in my late teens, early 20s, up until my mid 20s, I successfully ran a hospitality business in New York City with a couple of my buddies. I'm so grateful because I, I made a nice a nice penny during those years. And ultimately, I felt like the man, quote unquote, right? Mm -hmm. I felt like the man. I had power. We we hosted Wow and Snooki and uh, the mob wives, the housewives, you know, the rap artists, the hip hop artists, the pop stars. We did all of that. And that made me feel like the man. 
with all of that said, at a certain point, I had to let go of the career that made me feel like the man to take the next step, which would be to go intern with Damon, turn my internship into a job. So I never wanted anyone to look at me and think I'm not the same person. So during that period of time, I say that I invested in my ego because I never changed my way of living. I never lived below my means after my means had changed. And I d- and the reason I'm sharing all of this is because I define success as exactly that image. Mm-hmm. I define success outside of myself. And it doesn't work like that. You know, it, it backfires. It really, really backfires. There's no meaning in it. There's zero meaning in it. I had to learn that the hard way. And I know there might be people out there that want to find it out for themselves. And I was one of those people. I get it. I'm hard headed. Like I'll be the first to admit it, but that was how it was defined. And what I'm going to say in in regards to how I define it today, I'm actually going to share that I'm currently in a season of embracing that I don't know how I define success right now. Mm. And I think that needs to be shared more often too, because it's so easy for me to steal someone else's words, right? I could I could say the very cliche and sexy thing of, you know what, success means that I want to be able to do what I want, where I want, when I want, how I want to do it, and who I want to do it with, right? Some people define success that way, but while I resonate with that, is that how I define success? So I said to myself, you know what, if I'm ever asked this question in this season, I'm going to share that I'm embracing a moment in my journey that I'm trying to figure it out. And I think instead of having this sexy answer, it's important to share that things can be in a state of figuring them out. So Mm -hmm. that's where I currently am. But how do you define success? A lot of what actually you just said, because I am a working mom, although my kids are now adults. So a big shift in my sense of success and how I define that is when um, to that in a practical sense was living on my own terms. So when I went, no longer worked a corporate job, but launched my own business and I worked longer hours and ultimately made more money, but it suddenly wasn't really about that. It really was about success for me was being able to raise my kids the way I wanted to raise them and have a business so that we could live. And so to your point, it's in living in a city like New York and it can happen anywhere is, you know, having to work through the outward stuff, right? Yeah. And especially working if you, you know, you came from hospitality and me working in entertainment and media. I mean, I've definitely worked, walked into meetings with potential clients and people will give you the, like the whole once over from your feet mm. to your head and knowing, I, I, even knowing in that moment, it's like, I'm not wearing the right shoes. Am I, I have <laughs> the right bag today? I can tell. And, you know, anyway, so that really, really happens. Um, so at some point in the state of being is also success is, is coming to terms with yourself. That's a really powerful thing. But I do get back to like, in some ways it is about freedom and, and determining how I'm going to live um, and getting to make the choices that I've made and feeling really, really good about that. To your point, though, success is deeply personal, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, one thing just to chime in, I think if someone's listening to this and they don't know how they define success, what I suggest is this kind of what we just talked about, just bullet point what you would be doing. So, for example, if I'm living my most successful life right now, it's 
you know, making a full-time income from the podcast, having the ability to do philanthropic work. I, I mm-hmm. love giving back. Love it. Love it more than anything. Um, just bullet point what it is. Like you don't need to put it into like a sexy phrase, but do something al- along those lines so that you are able to, you know, you're able to at least see it, right? At least be able to see it. I think that's important. Oh, very well said. So now I just had a um, note taking. How did you connect with Damon John? And and did you connect with him? And he offered you something. That's what made you step away from your your previous business. Because yeah. that's a, that's a major life change. It, it's an interesting story. Um, I'll I'll try and give the the fast tracked one. But while I was in college, I had mentioned I had failed out and. Um, you know, I, I had a revelation moment that led me back to school. And at the time, I really didn't feel like I needed it because I was making so much money. I'm like, you know what? I don't need school if I'm able to do all, all of what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And I do think there's importance in college. I'm not promoting anyone not to go if they desire to. And with all of that said, when I got myself back into school, I had graduated with a two-year degree. I started to go to a four-year school. And when I went to the four-year school, I realized that the students there had none of the opportunities that I had growing up, had none of the professional opportunities that I was seeing in front of me on a daily basis, right? Um, and I hate to compare, but I said to myself, I'm going to help out as much as I can. So I became a student leader on campus and I, I was doing everything. I was an ambassador of entrepreneurship for CUNY. I was, you know, a president of a club. I was doing it all. Anything I could do, I was doing. And I actually happened to be in Dominican Republic celebrating spring break in what would be my quote unquote junior year. And of course, being that I failed out, my junior year was much later than, um, you know, what it, what it would have been for someone else. But I was in DR and I'll never forget, I, I, I'm laying on the beach and I get a call on my phone and it says my college's name. And I'm like, why the hell are they calling me? Like, I paid my tuition myself. My parents cut me off. Like, I know I paid my tuition. Why the hell are you calling me? So I answered the phone. The woman on the other end of the line who knew me very well asked me a very simple question. She said, Matt, would you want to meet Damon John on XYZ date? And I'm saying to myself, woman, you know me so well. The answer is yes. Like, why did you even have to call me? Because now Verizon's going to charge me for answering this <laughs> call. So I, I, I was just getting back to the States before that had happened, uh, before Damon would be on campus. So I was one of three students to meet him. He was doing an event on my on my college's campus. He grew up uh, in the town next to my college. So very familiar with the town. And I met him in the green room. Like I said, one of three students. I was the last person to shake his hand before he went onto the stage to do his fireside chat. And I'll never forget it. I shook his hand and he looked at me and he goes, what the hell do they teach you here? How to break people's hands. <laughs> so it, it was kind of good vibes off the bat. We had some good rapport, some good energy. We took a couple pictures and and by the end of it, I looked at him and I said, Damon, I'm going to work for you. And he looked at me like I had 10 freaking heads. And I know I have one big head, but he looked at me like I have 10. So he did his thing. I went into the the theater. I had one of my mentors there. We weren't able to sit together because I was a student. And he was public. But um, at the end of the event, we meet up in the middle of the theater. We're two of the last people to leave. Uh, we were just reminiscing on, on the event. It was brilliant. 
And while I thought we were the last two people to leave, out of my peripheral vision, I look and I see Santa Claus, or I should say someone that looks like Santa Claus, walking up the stairs to exit. And I said to my buddy, I'm like, hey, man, like this guy looks so familiar. And he goes, yeah, that, that's George Barnes. We know him from uh, hospitality. Uh, George is much older than I am, but ultimately we've been on a couple of the same events. And we went outside. We started talking to George. Lo and behold, George works for Damon. And George and I got connected. And I said, George, like, what do I got to do to get my foot in the door for an internship? And he was like, I'm going to help you get an interview. So he helped me get an interview. And he he likes to say to say to me to make sure that I state that he didn't get me an internship, didn't get me a job. He got me an interview. And what I said in the interview got me the internship. I busted my ass in that internship. I showed up on time. And when I say on time, I tried to show up before every employee and wait outside the door to let them know that I was here to work. I never said no. I always said yes to everything. I went to go pick up the mail every single day I was there. And it you know, it took me away from my desk, took me away from my work, but I did everything. I turned that into a job. And still to this day, I have a great relationship with Damon. He actually just interviewed me on his platform, I believe last year. And um, that's how it all transpired. It, it was just showing up you know, continuously showing up, putting your intent, being intentional, being intentional with your words, being intentional with your work. Okay. I love this so much, but I'm also hearing something else that I want to point out. If you've never thought about this before, this is another instance of you listening to the voice in your head or listening mm -hmm. to your intuition. So, because one that something spoke to you in that moment that said, I'm going to work with you. Yeah, and I don't you know trusted where it, that came from. But you Absolutely. trusted it. That's the point. It's you trusted it for the title of your podcast. You trusted it in that moment. You didn't question. So that's really important. And the second is you ask. Mm. And you powerfully ask and with intention. And then I'm a big person about like tone and energy. And clearly when you're asking and putting it out there, people are receiving what you're asking. So that's also really powerful. So now begs the question, what did you say in the interview? I don't even know. I, I remember one of the questions that I had got. Uh, I don't even know what answer I gave to this. I remember one question. One question was, how many windows do you think are in New York City? And I said to myself, how the hell do I figure that out right now? So I started to think, how many streets are in New York City? Like, that's where my mind went instantly. And that's all they wanted to see. They just wanted to see how you would go about it. Um, I don't remember anything of that interview, truthfully. I remember more of the interview I just had with Damon on his platform, which was essentially about internships, turning them into jobs, et cetera, et cetera. But that was many years ago. So that, that, that just brought me back. Oh my gosh. I love it. Well, what's your biggest takeaway? What's the biggest takeaway you learned from Damon? Yeah. Uh, biggest takeaway I've said this and it's, it's not a sexy answer to be honest. I was in a meeting with Damon. I was in a meeting with the president of the company and I was in a meeting with the road manager. Uh, his name is Chauncey, great individual. And we had some differing opinions. Damon was at the head of the table. Me and the president were on one side. Uh, Chauncey was on the other. And I'll never, ever forget this. While we had differing opinions, you know, professionally things got heated, but I say professionally. And at the end of the meeting, we walk out and I look at Damon and I said, hey man, like, did you not care about what we were talking about? He goes, no, I do. I, I care a lot. And I said, okay, well, like you weren't emotional. You weren't reactive. You were none of that. 
um, like, what, like, what does that mean to you? Like, how, like, how do you do that? And he said, Matt, whatever decision we decide to make, this isn't brain surgery. No one's life is at risk in business. You're going to lose some money. You're going to make it. That's just the cycle of life. But at the end of the day, no one's going to lose their life. And that was the biggest thing I took away because how much emphasis do we put on things that don't truly matter? Right. And it's not to say that, that, that decision didn't matter. Of course it did. You know, it was part of our operation, but do we overemphasize things? Do we give things too much meaning? And in return, what do they give us? Potentially that gives us stress. It gives us anxiety. It gives us things we don't want to feel, but if we allocate our energy properly to things that deserve our energy, where they need it, when they need it, et cetera, that's a different ballgame. So that was the biggest thing I took away from him. And it's, it's applied everywhere in my life to this day, mm-hmm. right? Like every single place, every bucket, relationships, leisure, travel, business, podcast, this, that, the other. Um, like I said, it might not be the sexiest answer, but it was really what I took away from him. And I mean, there's a million and a million other things I could share, but that was definitely the biggest. See, to me, it was such a demonstration of leadership because mm. leaders hold it together, right? Yeah. For all the reasons that you just said, but that's part of it. What I, which I was talking about a minute ago was about the emotional bandwidth and perspective and composure, right? Absolutely. He didn't get agitated. Yeah. He's, he's, he had, he was emotionally detached because he understood everything that you just said. And that is, so I look for that in leaders, you know, from a great director, executive producers I've worked with, who do you want to follow? I don't want to follow the the, the screamer who's constantly agitated, who's, you know, popping antacids or more, right? It's the person who sets the tone at the top. Those are great leaders. And also like, look how much you learned and were inspired by. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think Ultimately, I think we build that through experience too, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I, I was in my mid twenties at that point, and man, I I, w- I was such a different person. Meanwhile, him on the flip side, he's you know ran a, a billion you know a business that has generated over a billion dollars in sales. So his meetings have definitely uh, been much larger and more at stake than the ones that I've been a part of. So it was it was really good to see, and it was great to experience. You're, I, I, I was going to say, you're so young to be so wise. I'm very <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you. and inspired by that. What's one question you wish more people would ask? Oh, you stole that from me, didn't I you? I did steal. I have your four questions. How are you? A question you wish more people would ask. How would my life be different if I knew what you know? Well, I've Ooh. already learned so much from you today. I can, I mean, I circle back on that one. But <laughs> what do you wish everybody would ask you? Because clearly I missed. No, you didn't miss at all. Um, not at all. I don't know what I wished more people would ask me. And maybe I should know, being that I ask everyone that question. <laughs> uh, let me, all right, let me be mindful. I'm going to close my eyes, take a deep breath and see what comes up. So what do I wish more people would ask me? The first thing that came up for me is how. Simply yeah. how. Uh, I don't know why that's coming up, but how? Can I interrupt for a sec while you're saying that? Because I love that. And I feel very bonded because that's one of my platforms, almost like a pet peeve, but I want to switch it back the way. Because so many people 
in the experts, whoever tell us what you need to do this, you should do this. And very rarely do they follow up by telling us how. And I feel like what you are providing through your, who you are, and also through the decoding success podcast and platform is you're giving access, which I'm a big believer in the access to information. You're sharing how, mm. because yeah. there are many people would be at least get a hand to help them up and steps towards success. If they understood how to do it, people know Absolutely. they want to do it. You should be doing it, et cetera, et cetera. But because here's a perfect example of how many times people say, you need to ask for a raise. Mm. And I'm like, if it was that easy, I would have already done it. It's like, I don't know how, I don't know how to have the conversation. Yeah. I don't know how to change my mindset. I don't know how to build more confidence around that. I don't know how to go practice asking for a raise. There are any of those things. There are a lot of practical steps. And so perhaps in just asking that, it allowed us to now have a conversation about the power of how. How, yeah. I don't know why that's coming up, but listening to you just now and, and sitting with everything, a second word came up and, and the word is courage. Mm. And the reason I think this is coming up is because everything that I do currently takes exactly that. It takes courage, right? To turn inward and face the things you need to face takes courage. To put yourself out there just like you do with this platform takes courage, right? Because as a creator, you know this better than anyone. As a creator, when you're creating and you're publicizing what you're creating, you make yourself vulnerable to people that can critique you. That takes courage. So it takes courage to start a podcast. It takes courage to start a business. It takes courage to, you know, write a, a film or whatever the case may be. And that's what it is. How, right? Like simply how, and my answer to it is courage. Uh, I think courage is built. I don't think courage is something that you need to necessarily be born with. I think one thing that life has taught me, I can get emotional saying this because I am, I was never this person for years upon years. I was very grandiose. Everything had to be grandiose, whether it be a gift for a significant other or what I do for my birthday or anything. It had to be grandiose. But one thing life is teaching me is small, simple steps. And I'm six foot five. I like to take really big leaps. I walk really fast, but life has humbled me and it has made me go small. And I think when you go small, you build confidence, you build courage. So uh, that is the question I wish more people would ask me. It might be vague, but how? And my answer is courage. Oh, gosh. I I don't know where to follow up with that except to say thank you so much. Is there anything yeah. I didn't ask besides what do you wish everybody would ask you? Because this has been fantastic. No, yeah. you you are. I've I've appreciated this conversation. I could talk to you probably the rest of the day. Well, I certainly could talk to you all day. So I hope this is only our first conversation and not our last conversation. I hope so too. <laughs> oh, a million thank yous. And thank you for listening to Camera Ready and Able. If you're looking for support to get from where you are to where you are meant to be, please shoot me a note via my website, ableintermedia.com. And be sure to download my free ebook, 12 Tips for Success on Camera. And as always, please hit the subscribe button if you haven't already.